Hello, hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, you are listening to Midnight Movie Gang. Uh, my name is Elsie Hind. My pronouns are he, him. Courtney, they, them. Yeah. And uh, you're listening to episode 12 of Midnight Movie Gang. One, two. Hell yeah. It's been some episodes. Things are... Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You vibing? Um, yeah. Just came off a nice winter break. Mm-hmm. Going back to school. Mm-hmm. Spent today painting. Awesome. I'm having a great day. Yeah, I've had a chill day as well. Things things definitely turned around. We're both home today, and like at one point you were like, let's go on a snack run. Yeah, and, and it changed the whole course of the day. It changed our life. We went to a, a local, like, like organic uh, grocery store. What would you call it? Like an upper, like a... Yeah, it's like a fancy grocery store. We went to a fancy grocery like store. Like if you, if you grocery shop there, you're in a different tax bracket. Exactly. We don't, we don't go there for our main groceries. We just no, we just go there for snacks. For snacks and Yerba. It's like going to Trader Joe's. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that kind of update. Which, by the way, if anyone from Yerba Mate is listening, <laughs> if, any, uh, if, Yerba, yeah. if Yerba wants us, I want that Kenny Beats Yerba fridge. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Um, that would be a great addition to the studio. That would be. Yeah, that Yerba fridge is so cool. At the very least, he has that y- yellow neon Yerba sign. Mm-hmm. I want that. Um, anyway, yeah, so today we are talking uh, Studio Ghibli, more specifically um, films by Hayao Miyazaki through mm-hmm. Studio Ghibli, directed by him. There are other Studio Ghibli films that aren't directed by him, but no one cares about those. Damn. Um, and uh, specifically... Uh, this is brought on by, we recently saw The Boy and the Heron yep. uh, in theaters, which was a cool experience, which we'll talk about. A cool and confusing experience. Um, but before we get into the movies at all, uh, we're we drinking some tea, like yes. always. And we haven't even, we haven't tried this tea yet. It's yeah. brand new tea. You're going to get a live reaction yeah. on air. It is, we got it at an international market. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the Ahmed Tea brand from London. The flavor is Strawberry Great. Sensation. Strawberry sensation. And there's a description on the back of the bag. It says, Capture the feeling of strawberry fields in summer. A refreshing and sweet strawberry flavor blended magnificently with the finest black tea. So I have high hopes for this. Yeah, no. Um, the description's quite sounds quite good. Right. And but if it's trash, I'm going to be really sad. Yes, let's clink glasses. Let's clink. I'm going to clink in front of your mic. Okay. That way everyone can hear it. There we go. There we go. That was a good clink. Ooh. I like it. I like it, too. I get the strawberry. Absolutely. Strawberries are... It's quite mild for a black tea. Like, it's not too bitter for a black tea. Yeah. And I, I don't drink my tea with sugar, so. I do, because I'm sweet. <laughs> I don't, because I'm, I'm an asshole. Yeah. Um, I think I think that just comes from, like, my uh, growing up, um, when my mom would uh, give me teas and stuff, she'd put way too much sugar in it. Mm. Um, also, I think I don't know. I kind of prefer hot teas to cold teas, for the most part. Yeah, I think I do too. But I prefer iced coffee. Mm, mm, yeah. Over hot coffee. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love the vibe of a hot tea. Yeah. Hot tea is cozy. Yeah. Because y- you don't drink. The thing with when I'm drinking coffee or caffeine, I'm like on the go. Right. Like it's with purpose. And if it's hot, like it's just slowing me down. <laughs> but I, I'm drinking. If I'm drinking tea, I'm vibing. I'm savoring it. Exactly. I'm chilling. I'm enjoying the moment. I'm also tea. I think goes pretty good with like a lot of foods and stuff. Yeah. 
Like you can have like cookies and tea, or you can have something salty with tea. Yeah. It's pretty universal. Um, but yeah, no, that's a good tea. So if that, uh, what's the company called again? Ahmed, Ahmed Teas. Ahmed Teas, if you're listening. Sp- sponsor us. Sponsor please. us. Send some more teas. Please. Um, yeah, no, so today uh, we're talking about Hayao Miyazaki. So um, I wanted to ask you. Yes. First question, uh, your opinion about Studio Ghibli and Hayao Miyazaki. Love. Um, love. Uh, what is your, what would you say was like your your background and your um your first introductions with not just studio ghibli movies but also kind of anime in general and like your kind of general early vibes on it um so the first time i ever saw a studio ghibli movie i have like a distinct memory of seeing spirited away as a kid i had not seen all of the other studio ghibli films i've seen i've seen in adulthood Mm -hmm. um spirited away is was my only like studio ghibli movie when i was a kid um that i had seen i have this very specific memory i had a friend who i was in girl scouts with and she her mom had one of those minivans with the tvs on the back yeah like the the tvs on the back of the headrest that was the true cast class divide right so like they were rich obviously do they have a video game console in it uh i don't remember but i i remember the little screens and um, we were driving with her mom to Girl Scout camp for like a weekend or whatever um, in the summer and um, the drive was long and so they put in um, Spirited Away for the movie because that's what my friend wanted to watch and I was like I've never seen this movie you know and I was terrified. Same. It, it was incredible. I really liked it when I saw it the first time um, in that car ride. Uh, it did not set me up for like a great first night out in the wilderness, <laughs> though, because I was definitely freaked out um, outside that night. But yeah, so I watched it in the back of this car with the with the little t- TVs on the back of the headrests. And uh, I really liked it. I was really freaked out by it. But when I was a kid, I really liked um animation that i was scared by like i i loved courage the cowardly dog that was one of my favorites and that shit was scary as hell um so i really loved that movie have seen it a bunch of times since um and that one especially just holds a very special place in my heart as for other animation like anime um i really wasn't into a lot of the like anime that was necessarily on tv when we were kids because i had like very specific shows that i wanted to watch and um a lot of the anime that was available to us as kids like dragon ball z mm-hmm. and Oh and shit like that Naruto. uh yeah all of those were kind of marketed as like quote-unquote boy shows that is true um very and so i didn't i didn't really watch those i did i know that people feel uh, conflicted about calling this anime but i did like avatar the last airbender technically interesting with avatar there's a lot of debate right i know there that's why i said (laughs) i know it's controversial but technically so i want to preface neither of us are like anime people no we've seen more japanese animation since but like um, we're not experts we're not experts here we don't know about all the stuff yeah um but uh technically speaking like the definition of anime is um is specifically in reference to that style right like to the aesthetic of what anime is and not the fact that it is uh, a cartoon made by a Japanese animation studio. Like, that is right. that is not the definition, the distinguishing factor. But a lot of people argue that it is, feel that it is, which I think is valid. Because yeah. it's a, it, also, 
I think, a fine definition. So, like, by the, by that first definition of what, like, I'm pretty sure it actually is, Avatar is an anime, but most people might tell you, no, it's not. It wasn't right. made in Japan, so. Um, as far as other anime, I did, I, I did watch some of the Pokemon show. I don't know what one was on when we were kids, but, like, it was, like, the OG one. The o- it had Brock and Misty. Yeah. Had, yeah, so that was the G- um, Indigo League. Yeah, I watched that a little bit as a kid, and but I also played the card game, the like card version of Pokemon, um, with one of my friends when I was really little, um, and I also had Yu-Gi-Oh cards, but I never watched Yu-Gi-Oh, so yeah, um, so kind of limited. And then in adulthood, like I watched Princess Mononoke with you for the first time, and then we have been watching a lot of Ghibli that neither one of us have seen like my neighbor totoro mm-hmm. ponyo kiki's delivery service uh what else have we seen so we've seen i'm pretty sure we've seen six in total so yeah m- well you said mononoke spirited away kiki's ponyo ponyo my neighbor totoro and boy in the heron so yeah six yeah. and if you want if we want to look at the ones that we still gotta see which i had up and then i moved it <laughs> so as far as Hayao miyazaki's ones are listed here we still haven't seen Castle in the Sky, Poco Rosso, which I, re- I want to watch next because I didn't know the premise of it, and I really want to see it. <laughs> it's about an Italian pilot that gets transformed into a pig man. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and that's got, his name's Ace. Um, Howl's Moving Castle and The Wind Rises, which The Wind Rises was the... Um, the his mo- previous last one. His previous last one, which came out 10 years ago, so yeah. pretty big gap. Um, and that one's actually interesting because it's it's that one is um, kind of a biopic. Yeah, I had seen that that it was it was kind of autobiographical also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, um, the boy in the heron is. Oh, oh, oh. But the wind rises is about this. I believe he was a um, like a, an engineer during World War One who like designed a bunch of airplanes. Yes. Um, and yeah, that one's about that dude specifically. But mm-hmm. yeah, the boy in the heron is has some autobiographical elements. Yeah, with Hayao Miyazaki. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, those are the s- ones we've seen, the ones we still need to see. Um, as far as my history with anime and Studio Ghibli, uh, growing up, <coughs> the only ones I had seen uh, were was Spirited Away and Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, I saw them through. <laughs> it's kind of funny how how I saw them. I have specific. So when I was in elementary school, I went to a, a a little a little private school thing, and every once in a while we kind of I forget what it was called, but we'd have like nighttime, like not a sleepover, but there'd be like a night fun kids night or whatever, mm-hmm. where like we'd go and like eat snacks and like play in the gym and stuff and watch movies, and um, we they put on Ghibli a lot, um, and the two ones I remember the most were Spirited Away and Kiki's Livery Service, um, Spirited Away. Because that movie also scared the fucking shit out of me. I think it's supposed to. It's, yeah, no, it's <laughs> like a hor- it has so many horror elements. Uh, no face, still. I love him. A burn, terrifying. He's cool, but he's scary. Ah uh, ah. Uh. Uh, uh, <laughs> there was a um a cosplayer I saw, um like I think I saw on like a TikTok like a year ago where like he was no face at Comic Con, and he put his hand and he must have had some kind of mechanism. Like he had like a black suit on with the black gloves, uh-huh. and it like like gold like little gold. Assumably they were like probably plastic or whatever, three yeah. D printed. But like little gold bits like literally popped out of his hand, and there must have been That's some so kind of cool. mechanism. You know, it looked sick. Um, but you know that one scared the shit of me. And then Kiki's, I probably just remember Kiki's because I, I probably had a crush on Kiki as a little kid. She was so cute. She was very cute. Um, 
But, uh, you know, those two and then Kiki's didn't really have an effect on me when I was that little. Like, as a story-wise, yeah. Spirited Away definitely stuck with me more. Uh, more just based on the visuals yeah. and how, like, insane some of the, you know, there are some images from that movie that were just burned into my mind as a kid. Um, and then anime in general, I, growing up, I definitely did watch a little bit of of those all those contemporary ones that you're talking about yeah. like Dragon Ball Z Naruto um uh One Piece a little bit but a lot of it I never followed them yeah when I was good like if, if they were on like if I was up at that night when it would be Toonami or whatever like I might watch when I was bored but it um never I had a lot of friends who were really into anime like a yeah. lot of my nerdy ass boy friends mm-hmm. um were super into it so like I kind of knew about it through them and Funnily enough, Dragon Ball Z specifically, I mostly know, most of what I know about the story of Dragon Ball Z comes from this video game called Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 3. <laughs> it was this fighting game, and the, the story of the game is pretty much like the first few season, seasons of Dragon Ball Z. Oh, okay. And like I played that game a fuck ton. Like, <laughs> I, I, so much. Um, and a lot of what I know about the story of, of Dragon Ball Z comes from that game. Um, more than the show itself. Um, and then also, I watched... Um, do you know about, uh, like, dubbed, like, online abridged versions of stuff for, like, Team Four Star? You ever heard any of that? No. So, Team Four Star, I don't know if they're still making content, but they were, um, they were a YouTube channel, and they would do their, like, own, their own kind of comedy parody dubs of anime. Like, they'd use, like, you know... Part of the show like they'd use Dragon Ball Z and they would just dub in their own lines and it was like mid 2000s shitty YouTube humor and stuff but I thought it was the funniest fucking thing <laughs> um and the cool thing about it though was that like they cut out all of the meat because I'm sure you know the stereotypes of like a lot of those kind of anime like most of the episodes are just them going <laughs> and like charging and like like there's a lot of like filler yeah. in, in those shonen animes like One Piece Naruto Dragon Ball Z and the cool thing about the Team Four Star Dragon Ball Z abridged, which I really like, was that they they cut out all the meat, and you still got the story with this stupid humor. But like, you, it, it was just the highlights, you know, yeah. which was cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I feel like over the last few years, I mean, just as like I've tried to kind of watch more foreign film, like you know, I've been watching a lot of martial arts movies lately and stuff. Yeah. It's a similar thing as far as like watching um anime. I know when COVID hit. I gave some animes that, like, my friends had always talked about some tri- some tries. Like, I watched um, uh, Cowboy Bebop, um, which I'm a big fan of. Um, Samurai Champloo. Uh, I'm going to rewatch Akira soon. And I've actually got some thoughts with, like, uh, Akira in relation to Studio Ghibli. But, um, yeah, and then the movies um, that we've been watching lately. So, like, yeah, like, I saw... Oh, and I saw Princess Mononoke in college. Um, but, yeah, so... At that point, it was just those three Ghibli films, um, and now the ones that we've watched. I think it's funny that you had had some exposure to Studio Ghibli in like a private school setting, because something that I've thought about when thinking about my own experience with Studio Ghibli films is like I was introduced to it by a friend who had more Studio Ghibli films in her like like in her house like she had dvds of like Mm -hmm. the other ones and i had never watched any and after we had seen spirited away in the car um 
I like forgot what the title of the movie was and mm-hmm. I never found it until adulthood again. Like I uh. found it again in college. Um, and I had never forgot about it. Like I knew like the plot and stuff, mm-hmm. but I think it's interesting because I feel like Studio Ghibli is rightfully held as like a more, um, more like artsy, artsy, kind of like it elevated, elevated. It's yeah. like elevated animation, which it's beautiful. Like, I'm not saying it shouldn't be elevated, but I feel like I wasn't exposed to it as much as a kid mm-hmm. because like my parents were not like into like that scene necessarily the scene is worldly right kind of and like, like higher class kind of deal yeah, yeah and it's like anything like i never grew up with any foreign films period so like it also makes sense to me that it was like not an accessible thing for people around me either like that was the only friend that i had had that had ever talked to me about studio ghibli um was this friend that was like rich as hell yeah. and so i feel like it's kind of interesting because like when I was a kid, at least, Studio Ghibli, like, was not on my radar at all. And I was such, like, a, an animated movie person when I was a kid. Like, I had all of the Disney VHSs when I was little. It's not as if I wasn't, like, watching animated stuff. I absolutely was. But if it wasn't accessible in that way, I wasn't... I just didn't have access to it. Which I think is, is interesting how it's... It feels very elevated and out of reach. A little gatekept. Yeah. Yeah, that's I've never thought about it that way. It's actually really interesting. Yeah. Um, cause uh, I get what you're saying. I think another element of that too is that, and I had a similar thing. Like most of the, I wasn't, I've always liked the animation, but I definitely wasn't as huge into like Disney as you were. Yeah. Um, like I had seen them when they came out, but yeah, I a lot of it is just that like the content that we've kind of gr- grown up with has mostly been the content that is given to the american masses yeah as far as like yeah no my my mom was the same way like we watched what was on cable and like what right. we, what was on tv and stuff and you there wasn't i don't think that studio ghibli movies were really syndicated on cable that much no that they weren't of. i i don't remember them ever being yeah i think they might have shown them on cartoon network a few times like a few of them like i have a vague memory of seeing spirited away on cartoon network once or like p- passing it through but yeah, no, it wasn't really. Yeah, no, like growing up, same thing. Like people talked about them, but they were never really super exposed. I mean, I feel like they still had a bit of a presence, and and they were marketed towards like those parents who would like reach out for that kind of content because um, the fact it was interesting enough. So Studio Ghibli was founded in 1986, I believe. I was looking at the ah, I closed the page. I was looking, yeah, founded in 1985, the company. Um, and in 1996, um, they struck a deal, or like the the company that, the larger publishing company that owns Studio Ghibli struck a deal with Disney, um, where Disney had the sole international distribution rights um, to Studio Ghibli, and like, particularly in America. And part of that, the deal was that for that Disney era of Studio Ghibli, Disney paid for 10% of all of the expenses of those movies so like disney you know helped produce them as well you okay yeah i'm fine the headphones just flipped yeah yeah um and that's that's another reason why um a lot of the english dubs mm-hmm. of like pretty much every english dub of every studio Ghibli movie is top notch com- yeah compared to like some other 
anime. Cause and the casts are stacked. The casts are stacked too. Like the boy and the heron, when when the the cast went through, it was like Florence Pugh. Where? <laughs> um, well, but even still, even earlier ones, like isn't who is um what is the uh isn't it like Dakota Fanning is the main girl in uh, Spirited Away? Uh, I think one second. Voice cast. Um, Davi Chase. I don't know who this is. She's oh, she's Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense right. in the Disney family. Yeah. Um, no, but I know. I think I know what movie you're talking about. It might be another one. I know Kirsten Dunst was uh, the English version of um, what's her name of Kiki. Oh yeah. In the Disney dub, which I don't know if the one we watched was the Disney dub or not. But, uh, yeah, Kirsten Dunst, and there's a couple of other, Debbie Reynolds, some other well-known kind of actors. Corey Burton is a voice actor that's around a lot. I think Dakota Fanning is, maybe she's Ponyo? She's someone. Oh, she might be Ponyo. I think I remember seeing, hold up. That wasn't what I first thought. If you're doing a movie podcast, folks, get a <laughs> Wikipedia. Noah Cyrus. Oh, yeah, it's it's uh, Miley Cyrus's little sister. Yes, Noah Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Frankie Jonas is the boy in that movie. Tina Fey. Clay, Kate Blanchett. Matt Damon. Liam Neeson. Yeah, no, you yeah. But <laughs> fucking Qui- Qui-Gon Jinn in your movies. Um, yeah, no, but uh, very stacked. But um, what I was saying was, yeah, no, no, it makes sense that, um, yeah, it wasn't the kind of thing that we were we were exposed to, for sure. Um yeah, I never thought about it that way. And it's interesting that this wasn't, but I feel like the kind of other anime shows, like the Dragon Ball Zs and Naruto's, are at, at a bit more of a mid-level. Oh, yeah, because those were syndicated. Yeah, because like, we actually saw those. Exactly, yeah, no. and Same I, with Pokemon. Like, that shit was widely distri- uh, distributed. Mm-hmm, absolutely. There also wasn't, with Pokemon and all those other shows, too, Naruto, DBZ, Yu-Gi-Oh!, a lot of those have so many products associated with them yeah that it make it all that also makes sense as to why in america they were pushed a lot more because there's a lot more to sell yeah and studio ghibli doesn't really release like the rights to like like they don't do very much um merch mm-hmm. for back for lack of a better word absolutely um yeah no there isn't a whole lot of yeah aside from like when I I got you for Christmas, yeah. uh, my neighbor Totoro plushie, and it was kind of hard to find. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to find like good merch. I love him for the U.S. for these movies. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Um, but yeah, no, and a lot of those cartoons, those are designed around that concept of it, or like even other kind of Japanese like stuff, like um, what's it called like Power Rangers Super Sentai. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was like is you know like selling all those toys. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, dang, I never thought about it that way. Um, so with these movies, um, I guess we can talk more specifically about uh, The Boy and the Heron. Yeah, why don't you give us a synopsis? A synopsis of The Boy and the Heron. Yeah, because I'm not sure I <laughs> fully grasped it. Yeah, no, from, I feel like from the, uh, from the trailers that we saw, it was just going to be about a boy and his bird going <laughs> on a wacky adventure. Because I feel like a lot of the lighter Ghibli movies, like, like I was thinking, like, oh, it's going to be, like, My Neighbor Totoro, or it's going to be some kids going on yeah, adventures. There's, like, Hayao Miyazaki has two modes. Yeah. You've got, you've got Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, 
on one side. Uh-huh. And then on the other side, you've got Kiki's Delivery Service, My Neighbor Totoro, um, Ponyo. Ponyo, where it's like we're either we're either serious and really trying to like we're dark as fuck. We're dark as fuck. We're trying to to convey very specific messages of like greed and like what happened morality and like what happens when you fuck up social issues yeah There's a lot of comments on capitalism for yeah sure, and then on the other side you have uh like light-hearted cute little adventure like my neighbor totoro is just we're just vibing in the forest yeah we find him we hang out with him we go on the cat bus we take a nap like everything's fine. Yeah. Same with Kiki's delivery service. The biggest conflict is at the end when she's um, saving her friend from the the, the blimp thing. Mm-hmm. That whole situation. And she loses her magic. And she loses her magic, but it's very brief. Like that movie doesn't it doesn't leave you hanging in the balance. It's mm-hmm. mostly just her vibing. Yeah. Also, it it when she loses her magic in that movie, it doesn't seem like there's a concern for her magic not coming back. Right, it's not like, heavy. Like it's not like, yeah. oh shit, I'm not a witch anymore. Yeah, all the side characters are like, don't worry, Kiki, you just need to <laughs> eat some ramen and chill for a minute. Take a take a week, take the load a load off, you know. Right, it's the same in Ponyo where it's like the big storm and stuff. It's not actually that serious, like mm-hmm. in the in the movie. Yeah. And it could have been like they could have made it a lot more serious. So I feel like those movies are either so dark or like just so lighthearted um and yeah i wasn't expecting the boy and the heron to be this to be this dark dark. yeah no it was very much sold as um as it was sold in america as lighthearted lighthearted yeah whereas and a big part of that has to do with the title so um the title for this movie in japan Mm -hmm. and like the the original title like what it translates to in english is how do you live um which the movie technically so the title of How Do You Live is in reference to a 1937 novel of the same name, mm-hmm. um, which the there are a few slight references to the book, but the, they completely change the story. Like, it's also about a little boy kind of doing a thing, but there's no mystical element in the yeah. book, as far as I'm aware of. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, that that is definitely a more accurate um, title for this movie, because... Uh, the themes of this movie are just talk a lot about like life and death and um, you just like family and like there's a, definitely a lot of you know like war and it's so so okay so talking about the movie opens up or the movie is about this little boy named uh, Maito I think is yeah Maito is how it's pronounced um, who his mother dies in the opening of the movie spoilers uh his, <laughs> his mother dies in the opening of the movie in a yeah. fire um which was a beautifully animated scene like the way the fire looked in this opening was, yeah it was a war related yeah it was like a yeah oh it was an attack yeah okay i thought they had said that it was like an, an accident um no something. i i thought it was supposed to be war related let's see loses model in a hospital fire Mahio's father. wikipedia doesn't say if it's war it says actually during the pacific war in tokyo yeah. so it probably is yeah um yeah, his mom dies, and then uh, his dad, who um, is an air munitions factory owner, uh, so like he in the movie we see him make like cockpit windows for planes for the war um, at this factory, um, moves to the countryside and marries his dead wife's younger sister, which is so crazy. So crazy, and when you first meet her, I feel like they don't really tell you that for a minute. Like it took me a minute to figure out that it was. Uh, her younger sister i just assumed it was pretty quickly just because he's just like the little boy's like 
she looks just like my mom. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. That's crazy. It's like, I'm sure this is, it's kind of messed up, but what if the dad thought like, oh, trade it in for the younger model. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Um. And she tells him that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, in a very She's like, hey, scene. I'm your mom. Also, I'm pregnant. Also, Ha-ha. feel my belly. Yeah. You're going to have a little brother or sister. Um, yeah, like the first time that they meet and she brings um, to the house. And then uh, she brings uh, Maito um, to this, to their new home, which is like this beautiful kind of like farmhouse. Yeah. Um, on top of this hill looking down at uh, the factory um, and kind of tells, proceeds to tell him. Uh, some stories about weird supernatural shit around the house. Um, there's, uh, he stumbles upon, oh, there are also all these, like, older women, like these, I, they call them the grannies in the movie. Yeah. Or, um, just like. They're like caretakers. Caretakers, like, kind of some servants living at the house. Um, and Maito is exploring the woods and he stumbles upon, uh, this, oh, well, he starts to see this big heron, this big bird. Yeah, that, like, well, won't leave him alone. Won't leave him alone creepy kind of hangs around by the the pond uh near the house um and he follows the bird into the woods and finds this really creepy tower yeah um which is like kind of all half destroyed um and then uh what's the uh natsuko so the the sister the aunt i'm gonna call her the aunt because i want to make sure i don't mess up the pronunciation um but the aunt uh tells maito about like oh yeah that tower was like a meteorite that crashed and uh, my great-great-uncle or whatever was obsessed with it and built a tower around it. Yeah. Um, and and uh, she's like, don't go there. Don't go there. It's all bad. There are all these weird tunnels below it. Um, and then, you know, Chekhov's... <laughs> Chekhov's tower. Chekhov's tower. Um, and then uh, he at one point he has a really weird encounter with the heron. Um, who? So he, he's like down by the water and the heron starts talking to him. Yeah. Uh, which we saw the English dub version of this movie. Robert um, motherfucking Pattinson. Robert Pattinson puts his whole Pat Tennessee yeah into it. Uh, he's really crazy and loud and like it's it's a crazy voice that he comes up with and he's the heron's really scary. The heron is terrifying. Um, the design of like how he talks. Yeah, the way it's like he's like basically wearing the heron as a costume. Yeah, and it's like his his flesh face. It's like. It's like a little man. Yeah, a little man inside the heron. And it, it, like, pokes out. It's so weird. It pokes out. And when he goes back into full heron form, the heron head, like, eats him. Yeah. It's it's really creepy and disturbing. Like, I mean, I think it's cool looking. It is cool. But it is creepy. And tells him that his presence is requested. And um, it seems like the heron is up to some malicious intent. Yeah. Um, And then uh, Maito um, builds uh, a bow. Which was really cool out of bamboo, and that was like a really cool scene. Oh wait, no, I, we forgot a, a important plot detail. He goes to his first day of school, and the kids bully him. Yeah. Um, just for being a weird rich kid, yeah. I guess. Um, and when he comes home, dark scene. The, the, already, the movie is dealing with some pretty heavy dark yeah. th- themes. But before he comes home, he like picks up a rock mm-hmm. and smashes a, a a rock upside his head. Yeah. And blood just gushes I mean, it's animated crazily but blood just like gushes out of his head yeah um profusely and like his father thinks that somebody beat him up at school right because that was his intent was to be like i can't go back there because they beat me exactly so, like he did that to 
not go back to school slash um i think a big element of it is his depression yeah and just to get some attention from his dad really because his dad just kind of doesn't give a shit his dad is focused on the company and he's focused on his his new wife hot young wife um and uh yeah no so anyway so yeah so maito's basically stuck on uh, around the house uh that's a big element um yeah no then he makes a bow uh follows the heron um who oh yeah the heron uh tells him that his mother is alive yeah he just has to like follow him and he'll take him to his mother which is fucking cheap yeah that's so fucking mean to do to a child who lost their mother yeah real shit big pennywise energy yeah from the heron yeah it's like it's okay down here your mom's down here we got balloons down here georgie we got balloons down here maito um you know and then so he takes him to the tower they go through the tower they find the remnants of like the old house yeah or something um and then there's a creepy voice uh, always a creepy voice uh mark hamill's creepy voice starts coming in which um i i, I remember the moment i realized it was mark hamill i was like whoa it's like skywalker um great voice actor by the way he's done so much good yeah voice work you, you know he was the joker in batman the animated series yeah oh, so good so good best performance um and uh in the fire lord in avatar the last airbender speaking of avatar um but yeah no so they, they go into the house um and then there's uh the heron like tricks he oh uh the heron like tricks my into thinking his mom's there and this woman is there who has the appearance of his mom yeah and she fucking melts. Yeah, when he touches her, she melts. And then the heron's pissed at him for touching her. Exactly. He's like, I made this with my magic. I made this. It was my best one. Um, and then uh, from there, uh, he shoots the heron in the head, puts a hole yeah. in his beak, which causes him to lose his ability to fully transform mm-hmm. into his full heron mode. And he becomes like a goofy little little bal- balding man. Little balding <laughs> man. It, it's very strange. Um and uh who can't fly so he's in like a much weaker state um and then uh maito they get transport they get sucked into the floor yep and they get transported to this alternate world which um now at this point (laughs) the honestly i feel like the overall plot from this point in the movie isn't super complicated yeah like on a base level but the way they um the, the way they execute some of the the story beats and some of the things from this point is like really weird um and like i feel like i'm very excited to watch this movie again especially in japanese yeah because like some reviewers i've watched have said that like in japanese like because you know with all of these translations and like all, all and for other reasons i'm gonna watch other studio Ghibli movies in their japanese dub um they change certain way they say things like certain elements of um the story in the dialogue and that's not just exclusive to to uh studio ghibli as well but like in a lot of in a lot of things that have been dubbed in english for american audiences they've changed huge story elements in a lot of different shows and movies it's Um, true for books too because i've i've read some translated books um and like there are some you can tell sometimes where you're like i'm not fully getting what's happening here exactly because either because there's a cultural divide or because like the translation just was the best they could do but it wasn't quite right it wasn't quite it yeah i mean sometimes in my experience it's either because of that cultural thing where it's like 
we need to change or remove this reference to a cultural thing that an American audience just won't understand. Right. Um, or in some cases, it's because maybe the the morals or like the perspectives of the American distributor clashes what they want. Like the the example I'm thinking of right now, which I always I always think of because I think it's hilarious. Um, in Yu-Gi-Oh, do you remember the Shadow Realm? No. So in at one point they're they're doing the shadow games in Yu-Gi-Oh, which is like they're in this like evil place, and if they lose a Yu-Gi-Oh game, so in in the original Japanese version of Yu-Gi-Oh, the shadow games is if you lose the Yu-Gi-Oh game, you get killed. Like you lose the Yu-Gi-Oh game, you die. Um, and when Four Kids TV did the the dub, they're like, well, we don't want to like have this whole death thing going <laughs> on, so they changed it and made it that if you lose. Um, you get sent to the shadow realm <laughs> and the shadow realm is like this this just like dimension of darkness where your mind is just like thrown into the a, a pit of nothingness isn't world. that worse than death that does sound worse <laughs> than death don't it <laughs> like i remember as a kid i was scared of the idea of the shadow realm like that sounds way scarier than death yeah because i feel like um i feel like even with movies with uh you know really difficult themes um, when you're a kid, when you're just told like, oh, and that character died. Like, I feel like that shit hits me way harder as an adult than it does as a kid. So I think if they had just kept it being death, it would have, it wouldn't have hit kids very hard No. versus like having something like a, a visual representation of like basically a terrible afterlife. That yeah. sounds worse to me. Yeah. No, you're like saying like, you will just basically be tortured with nothingness forever. Right is a lot scarier but um but anyway yes like that's i think watching the japanese version of this movie boy and the heron will clear up some things at this point but basically the 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 gist of it in this alternate world is that like so mahito's mom when she was a little girl went to this this parallel world that mahito is now jumping around in yeah and she was missing for a year i think they say earlier in the movie and in this parallel dimension, things are kind of weird. There are these other herons, like all of these herons, that are flying around this like island. Pelicans. Pelicans. Those are pelicans. Pel- pelicans. And I, oh, I, I thought they were the same as the herons. No. So you already messed this stuff up. <laughs> um, that are flying around, eating people, eating whatever they can find. Um, but really, you there's this really sad scene where Mahito is talking to one of the pelicans because they all talk. Yeah. And he's like, we're just. And he's injured. Yeah. Like, we're just trying to survive, man. Yeah. Fucking, um, like, listen, we're, we're stuck on this island. If we try to fly away, we just end up back here. Uh, we're just trying to survive. And one of the important things is there are these little, these little, like, puffball marshmallow. The little marshmallow guys. Things. They give real, um, the thing, the spirit guys from Princess Mononoke. Yeah. They give those kind of vibes. Or, like, soot sprites. Soot sprites. Yeah. Like, uh, there's all... A classic Studio Ghibli little creature. There's always... A classic little guy. Always, like, these little, just, like, abundant creatures. Without a doubt in my mind now, the Kuroks from uh, the new Zelda games are definitely... Di- oh, yeah. Direct references to these, to, like, Ghibli. Studio Ghibli. 100%. Ghibli little guys. Absolutely. Like, Princess Mononoke is basically... Princess Mononoke is the Legend of Zelda movie, essentially. Well, yeah. Pretty much. But, um, yeah, no, so there are these little guys that you find out in the movie. Like, Maito meets this woman there who's, like, a... A badass. A badass uh, woman who doesn't take any shit. And um, there are these little puffball guys, and she feeds them. 
and then they all start to inflate and and blow up and start going into the sky and she explains to Maito that um they're they're going to be people they're going yeah. on to Maito's world and the idea is that these are like s- the souls of people they're like baby souls they're like baby souls that are going on to people and I'm like oh, okay so this place is like at that point I'm like oh so is this a soul that we're doing right it's it's kind of like yeah is this like the great before yeah where which I feel like later on it, it kind of makes it like okay it's not really the case because it's it, but anyway um so these things and the pelicans eat these things yeah it's kind of like um if you've ever seen footage of um sea turtle baby sea turtles trying to run to the ocean and like all of the fucking seagulls are picking them off the beach it's like that yeah where the pelicans just swoop in and eat them and it's like you feel you are so mad at the pelicans or the seagulls but like at the end of the day they're just trying to eat yeah they're just trying to survive like they gotta eat something yeah you know sad to see um but yeah, no, basically, yeah, so the, the, the pelicans eat, and then Maito meets this young woman who, she has fire powers, and her fire powers are pretty badass. True. Like, she comes in and burns the pelicans, and, like, she she's fighting with her fire powers, um, and you find out that they don't tell, they don't tell you right off the bat yeah. in, in the movie. Like, at some point, Maito figures it out. But this young woman is like her mother, younger. Yeah, which it's just like a kid version of his mom. Yeah, and like because she makes him a sandwich that's exactly the same as the sandwich that his he remembers his mom making. He's like, "Wow, it's just like my mom's." <laughs> um, and she keeps referring to the her. Oh wait, no, that was a, a, another important thing. Gee, the plot's plot is thick. The plot is very thick. Maito's aunt gets sucked into the world, and he's here to find his aunt, bring her back. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so. Uh, this this young girl is his mom, but either I either an alternate version of her mom, or it's like the past version of her mom who was stuck there before. His mom, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. I I'm not sure which. Yeah, I I think it it's all about because at the end of the movie, when she goes back through the portal, she's like, I gotta go back and become your mom, you know, which communicates to me that like okay so he like went back in time or something yeah or like this this universe that they're in time is like different like time is like fucked in it like there's <laughs> i can't believe I'm, i didn't expect to be referencing dungeons and daddies today but in dungeons and daddies they have this mechanic where like D world time is going like a lot uh um slower in D world than it is in real world so like they're there for like a few years in D&D world but only like three days have passed in in on earth so it's probably one of those situations where like time is weird um and yeah no so then <laughs> Maito meets Mark Hamill who what's his character's name in the movie um the, the grand uncle uh Maito's great grand uncle um who basically was he, the one who made the tower the one who made the tower from this ro- and there's like a whole it gets really weird at this point he's like he like created this universe or like he he controls this universe using these like blocks of creation or whatever and he wants Maito to take over as like the the steward of this plane of existence or whatever oh and then there's uh parakeets big scary yeah, parakeets. big scary parakeets and the big scary parakeet king and the big scary parakeet king who shows up and he's scary Oh, and he's voiced by Dave Bautista. 
Which uh, means that's so funny. If they ever do a live action boy in the hair and you can just play him. Yeah. Just put feathers on the stuff. Uh, love to see Batista in it. Oh, Willem Dafoe was that dying pelican? Yeah. Damn, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it only, it's you, Maito. Um, you know, so then, yeah, so, um, and then this world uh, gets destroyed um, because the parakeet king comes in and knocks over, like, the blocks that are, like, controlling the world. Yeah, because he was just being an asshole. He was being a fucking dick. Um, and that's a, that was a pretty cool scene animation-wise. Yeah. Like, you kind of just literally see the world uh, just get torn apart. Like, the sky kind of falls and, like, the ground starts crackling. And um, it's pretty nuts. And then Maito goes back to uh, his world. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much... He saves his his, his aunt mother. He saves his aunt mother. Um, he has a little brother at the end. that you, it's, There's, like, a little flash forward. Yeah. Um, and they move back to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and that's kind of the movie. And it's uh, it's a weird one. Um, so what what were you expecting going in to it? Like, wh- what did you think it was going to be? And then what ended up being your like your initial thoughts when you got out of the theater? I thought it was going to be either really lighthearted, like we had talked about, like uh, my neighbor Totoro or Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, or I thought it would be, I don't know. I just thought it would be different than it was. I think that, um, I felt like when it was introducing his dad and his new mom, I thought that they were going to be a part of the plot more than they were. Um, and to me, and I feel like this is partially cultural maybe, um, for like a disconnect for me is that like, when I realized that his dad had literally just, like, replaced his mom with, like, with the younger model, literally, like, her younger sister, and it was just kind of sprung on him that now he has a, he's gonna be having a baby sibling, and, like, this is his new mom, like, I thought that that was so shitty for him, um, especially because she tells him, like, I'm your mom now, which is always, like, that's a really tough thing to be telling a kid whose mom died that, like, yeah. you're just going to replace her. Um, and I feel like that might have been something that was lost in translation for me or, like, something cultural where it's, like, those values didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just was like, this father is a piece of shit. <laughs> um, and I feel like it, we were supposed to not super like him. Like, I didn't think we were supposed to like him because he, he was just, like, not a very, like... He didn't seem like a great dad. Um, And there are parts of the movie where he's just, like, throwing his money at stuff. Uh Which, like, obviously is, like, you know, indicative of his greed and stuff. But I just felt like the family dynamic was not... I felt like the family dynamic was negative enough to have them be a bigger part of the movie. If that makes sense. Uh Like, in Spirited Away... um, her dad and mom are like not attentive to her needs uh-huh. and then they get turned into pigs and stuff like like there was a reason for them being like mm-hmm. not great is like part of the plot was that they were not great parents mm-hmm. um and so i kind of expected like the parents to the, learn a lesson or something the dad to play like a much bigger role yeah and like maybe learn some humility or something yeah um but that didn't really happen i was also confused by all the birds there were a lot of birds in this one. Yeah. And I 
I really I liked this movie. Um, I think that on a rewatch with it just being subbed um, in English and just like normal Japanese audio, uh-huh. uh, I feel like I'll get more of it. I feel like this is the first um, Studio Ghibli movie that I have seen that I that too much of it was lost in translation for uh-huh. me. Because all of the other ones that we have seen, I feel like I've been able to grasp the themes perfectly fine and that the translations of the themes worked for me. Um. Yeah. But with this one, it just like didn't really translate for me. Mm-hmm. No, hundred percent. Yeah, there was definitely a lot that was kind of lost, and definitely like a lot of it's probably very cultural as well. Like this, um, this was specifically about the uh, Pacific War, which I, I was gonna uh, respond with. Um, maybe with how the the marriage was, and like how the dad quote unquote traded in for the younger model, maybe. It's it's just the fact that it's the 40s, right? There's that as, too. Yeah, um, just yeah. Like in time wise, and even though like that, and he needs someone to like quote unquote take care of his son. Yeah, which you know is is not like an excuse for like how it is, but like, um, just may, like maybe it was in reference to that as opposed to like some kind of Japanese representation of family that isn't like that's different than how we kind of feel in, like an American family dynamic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all the birds. I mean. <laughs> I feel like because with all the bird stuff, and this is something that um, shows up in all of, pretty much all of Hayao Miyazaki's films, um, he's obsessed with aviation and planes. That makes sense. Like, he loves planes. Like, a lot of his movies have to do with, like, flying and planes and, like, things like that. And a lot of it comes down to, um, there was actually a really, I was watching a video uh, earlier before we watched this episode that was just breaking down a lot of Hayao Miyazaki's films. And in Kiki's Delivery Service, specifically, there's this big uh, juxt- uh, juxtaposition between Kiki and how, like, Kiki's flying feels and is presented in the movie. Um, and Totoro, as well, like, how he flies and stuff, is flying for Hayao Miyazaki and, fl- and flying as, like, a childlike concept represents freedom and liberation and this kind of ultimate form of creativity that, like, kids naturally kind of just have this this concept of and mm-hmm. are like naturally in awe of and that's a big element of why he always includes like flying characters or flying vehicles or you know pl- planes and stuff and he grew up you know in those like kind of war times where he's seeing like all these planes being built and like planes just being a big part of the culture um and he just that makes sense yeah and um through a kid's eyes you know it's it's awesome and that's you know like seeing all these planes everywhere um and that's why they're kind of in his movies a lot and in kiki's livery service there's a juxtaposition between how Kiki flies and what it represents for her versus, like, there's um, a big, like, war Zeppelin in that movie, which plays a big part yeah. at the end. Like, or I don't know if it's for war, but, like, a big... It's a blimp. A, yeah. big, a big blimp that's, like, this big gray thing. And that was supposed to represent, like, um, you know, flight being, like, an industrial, like, kind of sturdy, like, this is for business kind of thing and, like, not fun. You know, like, big, bad, capitalism, bad, <laughs> which is a lot of what Kiki's and Spirited Away is as far as, like, the themes of those. And Princess Mononoke. And Princess Mononoke. That's why I, I think that's why I expected more, like, something to happen with his dad. That's true. Because he was just a raging capitalist. He's just a big old industrialist, yeah. I'm surprised they kind of didn't go in that realm. It's probably just because the the story was a lot more just kind of personal to his life. That's what, that's what I was going to say too, is I think that it, it wasn't, it didn't hit for me as much as other studio Ghibli movies have that I've seen because 
it's just not my story. Mm-hmm. Like it, it did. It felt like I didn't know something that the the creators did. Yeah. Like it felt like I was not in on the story as much, mm-hmm. which is fair because like it it is very autobiographical mm-hmm. for him, and it it kind of felt like how watching the Fablemans felt. Hmm. Where for was, me, where you read my fucking mind. By the way, <laughs> I was literally thinking about the Fablemans. Yeah, because I I really liked watching the Fablemans, but I was like, at the end of the day, this has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When usually in movies, I'm able to be like, yeah, I see that. You know, mm-hmm. we've all been Kiki losing her magic. You know, like Absolutely. that felt re- that feels relatable. Smashing a rock to your head because the kids at school bullied you did not translate for me. Like that. The, the characters in this movie were not relatable to me, and they don't have to be for me to enjoy the movie, but it just means that I didn't connect with it as much. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I felt, I feel like in a lot of his other movies, I was able to see myself as one of the characters, mm-hmm. and not so much in this one. Yeah, you're really able to put yourself yeah. in, in the shoes of the characters. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like th- in Spirited Away, we've all worked customer service, we've all been washing the bath after the big stinky guy. You know, that shit sucks, you know? Like, there's certain elements of all the other ones that I can relate to. Yeah, at the very least, all the protagonists of all of his other movies are a bit more... They're likable. Likable, but also (laughs) more open-ended. Yeah. As far as, like, you you can really... It's really like an insert-yourself kind of situation. Whereas, like, this character... Of Maito was a very specific... He had had very specific drama. Yeah, and he was really sad. He was really sad. Um, And sullen. And sullen, yeah. I feel like the the main thing... Sad thing about this. um, That I feel like they want you to connect with him, with this character specifically, is like if you suffered a big loss like that. And how you recover from that. Whether, you know, specifically these people, like your family, you know. Um... Which I can, I can kind of definitely see how that is related as far as, like, you kind of block out everything. And he's very stagnant throughout this whole movie. Like, he's very, like, you know, um, th- th- people could totally see that hand motion that I just <laughs> did. I did, like, a little salute. Um, and uh, He is very stoic. Stoic, yeah. No, not as expressive as, like, other, like, uh, Tahiro, is that her name in, in Spirited Away? She's always, like yelling and crying and telling she's me. always yelling and crying <laughs> well, no, she, she's always telling the audience yeah. what she's feeling like you're she's ne- like fuck bro i don't want to go over there yeah or like after her like first day of work she's like crying in her same in her <laughs> <laughs> in her cot or whatever yeah and it's like yeah i've been there buddy and you know like whereas like i feel like this character you kind of have to infer a lot about what he didn't feeling. let us in yeah yeah um and he also didn't talk very much no he had very few lines this kid yeah, um, but I don't know. He was it was cool because he was he kind of reminded me of like um, like he was like a little a little Rambo or something. Like he was very industrious. Like he like tinkering with stuff, inventing, you know. Um, and it seems like he's interested in his father's business and what he does. But yeah, no, they 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 definitely didn't uh, bring you in, and I feel like that's that's probably a big element of of um. Why it was hard to connect to this movie. I feel like something like Princess Mononoke has a similar kind of character. I forget the char- main characters in the Demon Arm Boy. Yeah, I think the difference with Princess Mononoke, though, is that... Because I feel that way, too, in, with Princess Mononoke, where I don't feel super connected necessarily to individual characters. But the overall 
goal I can connect to. Like, the environmental stuff mm. makes sense to me. Like, the the reason for the conflict makes a lot more sense to me than in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because the conflict is really within himself, and he doesn't really share it. Yeah, exactly. The themes in Mononoke and the overall what he wants has is obvious. Yeah. And, affects, and it's also universal. Right. Like, it's I, like capitalism bad, environment save. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just like an attack on industry, period. Yeah. Um, and colonialism. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, with the boy and the heron, I mean, yeah, summed it, summed it up right there. Um, you know, I, I liked this movie. I'm excited to rewatch it. I thought yeah. there were some pretty great moments of just animation. And, I, I, I mean, I loved – it was really cool to see a movie, a 2D animated movie that is hand-drawn. Oh, I love that shit. You know, like, I love that shit so much. Exactly. Like this looks like it could have come out when Spirited Away came out and stuff. Um, there are a few scenes. In this, I remember specifically, like a few of them stood out to me. There were a few moments where they utilized some CGI elements. They did, like when the so, ground was moving. Yeah. I saw that too. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah. No, like when when they were sinking into the ground, it was 3D. There was a point where he was going down the hallway. Yep. And they used 3D animation. I I don't know if like. I imagine some of that was just, like, budget and time yeah. as far as, like, we need, like, a little scene here of them going down the hallway and we can't afford to, like, completely hand-draw That made me whole... really sad when I saw that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it wasn't jarring. It only happened, like, a handful of times. Yeah. I just I just love 2D animation a lot. Yeah. And Studio Ghibli's one of the only people actually doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the, one of the only studios actually doing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, a big part of it is that... Um, oh, good transition to talk to this um a big part of it is that animation is respected so much more by the general masses like it with japanese animation than in america like in america for the most part animation is viewed as just a thing for kids right that's how my family always viewed it like ah courtney wants to watch yeah fucking cinderella or whatever you know just a fucking cartoon like same thing my mom same thing like my my family never wanted to watch animation with me Mm mm-hmm like, I was watching all of those movies that I really liked as a kid by myself. Because, like, my parents were like, why the fuck do we want to watch that? Mm-hmm. No one wants to watch Dumbo with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I just, I very similar experience as far as, like, my, um, trying to think. There were, like, some more, Marvel and DC put out some, like, animated movies that were targeted more towards, like, teens and, like, yeah. young adults that I was really into that I couldn't really tell my mom about or, like, get her into. Like, check it out. It's really cool. You know, because she loved, she loves like superhero movies and stuff too like we watched all the mcu films together and stuff but like any if it was animated nah right like spider-verse i'm sure that your mom would love spider-verse if she gave it a shot she would fucking love spider-verse if she gave, but she could she would not be able to get past she's yeah. aware of it like I, I remember telling her about like oh yeah that black spider-man yeah you call me when when they make it real <laughs> <laughs> um but um yeah no whereas like with with anime and like in japan like it's a very respected you know art form like anime shows are given like prime time tv slots that adults fully watch right. and enjoy um and i think i think that's a big part of why anime is so successful in like with american audiences too because like, it's an unused niche yeah it's for the a, most part yeah because here like most of the adult animation that's made here is like crass as fuck mm-hmm. it's like south park mm-hmm. you know um there's not really a like 
people in America making like substantial animation for adults. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we're we're getting there slowly but surely. Like yeah. I, I feel like in the last few years there's been some animated projects that have really like for wider audiences that have really pushed like, like Big Mouth. Big yeah, Big Mouth being a big Bojack one. Bojack Horseman. Bojack Horseman. Like a lot of those adult animated cartoons for sure are 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 still increasingly popular. Um, but I was going to say something like uh, Guillermo del Toro's um, Pinocchio was a big splash. Um, and then, is she okay? Yeah, our, she's fine. Gotcha. Our dog Blossom, we haven't set her up with a mic, but she's... She's rearranging herself. She, she's rearranging. Um, you know, I'd say the Spider-Verse movie, especially across the Spider-Verse, is geared slightly more towards adult audiences, not just kids. Yeah. You know, I feel like that first Spider-Verse movie definitely had a big part in bringing more older people into the animation fold um i mean another thing that's great about that too is that it's bringing a lot of elements of 2d animation back into the mainstream even though those are 3d animated movies like the, the style makes it feel 2d yeah um but yeah no with this movie yeah no uh excited to rewatch it um i, I think i'll have much better a much better feeling about it Rewatching it with yeah. the subtitles. Yeah. Um, I liked it though overall. It's definitely not my favorite Studio Ghibli movie, um, but I like it. Like I, I it definitely cool. deserves some rewatches. How, how would you rank all the Ghibli movies you've That's seen? That's really tough at the moment in its current. That's it can, tough. It can change in the future. But. Um, Spirited Away is still my favorite. Okay. My Neighbor Totoro, mm -hmm. Kiki's, Mononoke, mm -hmm. uh, Boy and the Heron, and Ponyo. Yeah, okay. You you put Ponyo higher last time. When, right I know, the but then I was thinking about Ponyo. <laughs> Nothing about Ponyo really sticks with the me. The only thing about Ponyo that I really, really love is I love the underwater animation. Mm -hmm. And I love that scene with the mom and the boat. Like the goddess mother, yeah, and then the boat's right in front of her. Mm. Oh my god, she's so beautiful. She's so beautiful, and I love underwater animation because just like ocean stuff is so pretty. Yeah, you you were watching the the ocean documentary. The <gasps> yeah, ocean. last night I was watching Blue Pan Blue Planet Two. Yeah, um, narrated by David Attenborough. It seemed very calming. I was very entranced by it, <laughs> and then I painted a coral reef. Awesome. Because, yeah. But yeah. Which you can buy on Etsy. Yeah. Soon. Soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, I Ponyo plot wise was meh for me, which is why it's low. Um, but the animation's beautiful still. So all the animation with Studio Ghibli is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um But yeah, I think this one might rise in the ranks upon a rewatch. A rewatch. Yeah. How do they rank for you? Spirit away some more. Where'd you put Princess Mononoke again? I ranking? put Princess Mononoke after Kiki's. Okay. Um, for me, um, Princess Mononoke is number one. Yeah. For me. So I was like, it, it's the boy one. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's badass. Um, I don't know. I just, I love the, uh, the, the story, the characters, like a lot of the moments in that movie. Um, plus just, I, it's just so cool. Like it's, the, it, it is like, there are just some really great moments of action yeah. in that one. Um, yeah. So Mononoke. Two, I'd probably put Kiki's 
You yeah. love Kiki's. I do love Kiki. Kiki's is is very calming. It is. Just the best. It's such a good comfort movie. It's a good vibe. Like the food looks great. The music's fun. It's got a fun story. Cute I characters. love that cute little cat. The cats. Yes, the cats. Are, when she stops being able to understand the cat. So sad. Sad. Just the saddest moment. I also like her little, the, the, the boy who makes the gadgets, who makes yeah. the bike. I think he's cool. Um, yeah, and overall, it's just a big comfort movie. Then I'd probably go My Neighbor Totoro. Cat bus, cat, cat bus. bus. Yeah, no, the, the, it's that one's just so fun. It's so good. Totoro's. He's just sleepy. He's just sleepy. Totoro's such a. I love Totoro. Such a fun uh, design character. Um, just well, th- that one's also that one's probably the most kid kid friendly. Yeah, that one's such a vibe. As well, like that one's probably that the one in Kiki's. Yeah, and that one was a very early one, so it makes sense. Um, and then shit, what's left? Spirited away. Wait, so sp- Spirited away, Ponyo. This one. This one. Then Spirited Away. Um, just an amazing animation. Great story. I love the bathhouse. The bathhouse is beautiful. Um, Spirited Away. Spirited Away also just has the widest variety of creatures. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many creatures. True. Um, and then, then. Boy and the Heron, then Ponyo. Damn, <laughs> both of us hating on Ponyo. Yeah, no, Ponyo was not it. But the thing is with Studio Ghibli is that like even from top to bottom of this list, mm-hmm. even the movies that we are ranking lower are still incredible. Yeah, and, no, like no. steps above yeah. other movies. Yeah, Ponyo is still. The Boy and the Heron is still like miles above right, every like, anime movie, and Ponyo I think, was also higher. I think the lowest I've ever rated a Studio Ghibli movie on Letterboxd is a four out of five stars. Yeah, and like most of them are fives for me. So yeah. they're all really incredible. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you this question. This this is a bit. This is a new kind of segment bit. A new segment. Bit. I've been out of the out of the podcast game for a minute. I know. Well, we, we only the first time we did it was last episode. Oh, okay. Um, it, I'm stealing it from another podcast. Okay. That um, which I'll just say it. Uh, um, Confused Breakfast, great movie podcast. Um, they have we're doing this thing uh, where we choose a prop that we would want to have from the movies that we're talking about. Okay. Like, what would you want to take? And because we've talked about a lot of movies here, and because it's obviously it's animated, so there aren't real props, but it, an item from, from the movie. From any Studio Ghibli movie? You get to, because we were talking about a lot of <gasps> them, pick three items <gasps> that you'd want to have. Fuck. And I'm going to put this out there right now. You cannot have, like, animals. Like you can't I was just going to say, can I have a creature? <laughs> you can't have a creature. Okay, 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 okay. Um, That's tough. That is tough. We can go back and forth on our items. I know I have one. One of them for me is definitely um, uh, the the bow from the boy and the heron. Okay, fair. The bamboo bow. Absolutely. Um, I got one. Yeah. One. The a little um, one color each of the little from Spirited Away, the little um stars that the soot sprites eat. Oh yeah. Yeah, one of one each of those. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, because then I'd have soot sprites because they would come. That's, a, that's an excellent choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I want No Face's mask. But you hate him. I know, but it would look badass. I love like, him so much. On our shelf. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I want Totoro's bed. Totoro's bed. That's a good one. Because he just looks so fucking cozy. That little, like, forest bed, I'll take it. So comfy. Yeah. We each got one more. What do we want? I got one. Uh, Kiki's broom. Kiki's broom, yeah. I was thinking that, too, but I feel like, yeah, but that was a... 
Oh wait, no, no, the the flying bike from <gasps> Kiki's. Aw. The flying bike. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good segment. Um, definitely. I'll put it on the wall. Uh, my last question to you is, uh, which Miyazaki you want to watch next? I got the list <sighs> here. That's tough. Let me see. I can't see your list. Oh, okay. Turn the screen. So far away from me. Oh wait, I'll zoom. I'll zoom in on um, some of the early, some of the earlier ones. We we haven't seen Castle in the Sky, Totoro. We saw Totoro. Sorry, no, <laughs> my bad. Castle in the Sky, Poco Rosso, Howl's Moving Castle, and The Wind Rises are the only ones we have left. I really want to see Howl's Moving Castle. Mm-hmm. That's my best friend's favorite. Yeah. Shout out Stacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just haven't seen it. Because I'm, I feel like I'm just waiting for the right moment to watch this movie. Yeah. Because it, it comes to me with such great um, recommendation mm-hmm. that I've just been kind of waiting. Influenced by Miyazaki's opposition to the United States invasion of Iraq. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. That one's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, what I one do you want to see? Por- por- uh. Yeah, I want to see Poco Rosso. Because look at him. <laughs> Why does he look like that? Look at your boy. Oh my god. Why is he so cool? Wait, I need to look up more well, pigs. That's like the coolest pig I've ever seen. Yeah, no, he he's such a badass. I'm in vet school, so I've seen a lot of pigs. Look at your boy with Damn. the mustache. Damn. They turned him into a pig, but they didn't take yeah. away his riz. Fuck, yeah, no. Oh st- my god! Look at him so rizzy. He's Does on he a still date. have a girlfriend? Oh boy, is he single? Oh my. Look at her. Look at the way she's looking at him. She's like, damn. Did oh. you see that? Yeah. Bruh, the power stance with the trench coat. Oh all the my pe- god! All the people at home are just looking at pictures of of Porco Rosa. Yeah, but she's like, she's like, I want the dick. Oh my god! I want the hog. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. That's horrific. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, great. Um, yeah, so I'd say, yeah, that wraps up this episode. I think pretty yeah, good. Go see the boy and the heron because it was really good. Go see the boy and the heron in English and Japanese. Yeah. Um, oh, I, b- before you, I want to tell you a little funny story. Um, I've told you about this, but like, when I worked in the movie theater, we would have uh, Ghibli Fest pretty much every summer. Like yeah. we'd show Ghibli movies, and you know, we show them in English and in Japanese. Yeah. You know, it's labeled on the ticket. A lot of parents, or not just parents, but like people would just buy whatever ticket and would pay attention to what it said. Yeah, of course. And they'd show up to the Japanese versions and. With parents, I somewhat understood. Yeah. Because, like, my kids can't read. <laughs> yeah, that's fair if they brought, like, their young kids. Um, but they're, but they're, also pay attention. Yeah, but also you pay attention when you're buying this shit. Um, but also, uh, there were some peop- adults who came in and see and just like, I don't want to be reading in my movie. I love subtitles. If you're a subtitle hater, I don't know what to do with you. Subtitles are fantastic. I love subtitles. Yes. The only thing that is tough for me about subtitles when watching... Um, movies that are not dubbed is that i have adhd and love to like do stuff while watching a movie like i like to be crocheting or something and it's a little bit tough to do that when i have when i have to like actually read you know the subtitles all the time um but it's still fun Mm -hmm. like it's still fine watch movies that aren't made in your language we are very privileged here in the u.s to have most things in our language in English, in English, yeah. Um, and most things made here, mm-hmm. like media-wise, um, and international stuff is often just as good or better. So, like, watch some shit subbed. You'll yeah. live, I promise. Check it out, please. Yeah. 
Yeah. Expand your horizons. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Watch it all. Um, yeah, no, that was this episode of Midnight Movie Gang. Uh, please let us know what your favorite Ghibli is and which one we should watch next. You can yeah. DM the Midnight Movie Gang Instagram. Um, yeah. at, at Midnight Movie Gang, all one word, all lowercase. Um, follow us and uh, let us know uh, what your favorite Ghibli is and what you like us to talk about. Hell yeah. That'd be sick. Uh, have a nice night.